Welcome to the AFW College Podcast. We have another dose of encouraging content for y'all to help you follow Jesus faithfully during your college years. My name is Jordan Ramirez. I'm on one mic. On the other mic, I have theology and youth ministry extraordinaire, Graydon Jones, who is back to guide us through yet another theological topic that is so, so fundamental to our faith. Graydon, you doing well this morning, man? Man, I'm good. I love being on this podcast. You know, I'm just, I'm blessed to be in your company uh, on this podcast. <laughs> good. Uh, as I am, as I am blessed. Uh, and I'm feeling so filled up this morning. Uh, we are continuing our walk through some of the big theological topics that are important to college students and important to every believer, especially this one, very important to every believer. Uh, and I'm thrilled to jump into this next conversation with you. Uh, I know I say I'm excited for every episode of the AFW College Podcast, but I mean, I'm, I'm truly, truly thrilled to talk with you today because uh, we're discussing a topic that I know we are both super passionate about. Not that we're not passionate about, you know, like the cross and atonement or, you know, the eternal story of God throughout history, which we've talked about before, uh, but... Uh, just that we are we're really passionate about this one uh, as well. So today we are talking about the church. We're not talking about Antioch, Fort Worth. Um, we're talking about Christ's church throughout the world. We're talking about his bride, his body, the congregation of believers all across the nations and the generations. Come on. This is going to be really, really cool <laughs> and absolutely invaluable to our lives as Christians. Um, so we're gonna get ju- we're gonna get started. I know you have four points that you really want to walk us through about uh, what the church is, but would you mind just getting us started about uh, by answering the, the why question? Uh, why the church? Why are we talking about the church? But but why even the church? What's it all about? Um, just just get us rolling. Yeah, I think it's a great that's a great place to start, right? We gotta we gotta start with asking why, and so why the church, right? Why do we have the church? And for some of us, that maybe sounds like a weird question because we're so ingrained in church, <laughs> right? A lot of us grew up in church. And so we think, what, you know, what does that even mean? Why are you asking why the church? Why not the church, right? right. Um, but I, I think that there's this view of the church that maybe is more common than we think, um, which is that the church is maybe an add-on, right? That it's optional. You can participate if you feel like it right. or mm-hmm. if it's convenient, if you're free on Sunday, if you're free on mm-hmm. Sunday mornings and you don't have somewhere better to be, right. I mean, you know, maybe if we lived in somewhere like, you know, Seattle, maybe that'd be a different, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, summertime Fort Worth, like, no, I'll just go to church. There's, yeah, there's yeah. air conditioning there. Right. right. <laughs> uh, you know, but, and you know, do I like the people, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many ways that we could say this, mm-hmm. but, um, but I think that what is underneath that idea is that what really matters is my personal private faith. Um, right. and I think in America, this is the way we treat Christianity is that it, or even religion in general is that yeah, it's yeah. mostly a personal private matter. Mm-hmm. So please don't bring it into any public sphere. <laughs> don't, don't talk about how it's, you know, a collective, uh, enterprise. It's just, it's just you and your right. private faith. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the result of our culture, right? Cultural individualism, consumerism, mm-hmm. kind of self therapeutic mentality, right? We love all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. cater to me. Um, and while our personal faith and relationship with God is very important, we also should recognize that the Christian faith in the New Testament, at least, is actually very much social and public. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the gospel uh, in the New Testament is talking about the church. Mm-hmm. It's pointing to this new people, not not new, not just new person, but new people mm-hmm. together. 
Um, and even in the New Testament letters, you know, anytime that it says you, it's really, we should read it as a plural, like y'all. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. these are letters <laughs> to churches, not, there are some letters to individuals, but most of these are to churches, mm-hmm. church communities. Um, yeah. And so when Paul is saying you are this or you are this, you know, he's saying y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's talking to communities. Yes. Um, and even in Galatians, you know, Paul is saying this is a go- you know, this is a gospel issue, but what he's talking about is how the community is put together. The, mm-hmm. the way that they regulated community with, uh, the law, he was saying that's, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, this is a gospel issue. It's not, it's not an optional add on the church and how we do church is a gospel issue. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. why do we have the church? Well, it's definitely not because God just needed to find somewhere to put all the Christians, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it wasn't just that, you know, oh, they're saved now. And so, you know, I don't want them to be in the world sinning. So mm-hmm. we'll make a church. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's much bigger than that. Yes. Um, it's the eternal purpose of God. It's the mission of God. It's it's who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to go through a few of these kind of different points here because you, you can't just put it in one sentence, right? Yes. yes. Uh, so let's yeah. talk about a few different things about the church. Well, first, the church is God's eternal purpose mm-hmm. for fulfilling the rescue mission of all creation. Okay. Yeah. And that's a big statement that I just made, <laughs> yeah. right? But I, I really think it's true. And so yeah. yes. the, that point is really, it comes out of Ephesians, Ephesians 3.11, which literally calls the church God's eternal purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal, right? Yes. If we start talking yeah. about God's eternal purpose, we should know we're, we're walking into something big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the story of God, and we talked about this uh, recently, it's it's really a rescue plan. Um, it's a rescue plan of humanity and all God's creation that's radiating out from the cross, but it's, it's going into the church mm-hmm. and then out again to all the nations. Okay, so yeah. this is the the economy of God, right? Is that mm-hmm. this this mystery, this beautiful mystery, the gospel, it comes into the church, but then out to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And this is God's plan A. And there's not a plan B. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like wow. this is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is the reason that church is not optional, but it's central. Yes. Um, even in our messing up, even mm-hmm. in our brokenness, even when we get it wrong, uh, God brings his rescue plan to completion in and through us as the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, the church not being a building or any particular church, but the people of God, those in Christ, those who have been redeemed by Jesus, it's in and through us. We are the church. Yes. Um, and so we, we fulfill this in so many different ways. The eternal purpose of God, it's, it's actually very cool because it's very diverse. Mm-hmm. So we do this in, in, in gathering, uh, but we also do it in scattering and sharing the good news. We yeah, do yeah. it through prayer and sharing hope together mm-hmm. and taking communion and using our spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. doing justice, forgiving each other, reconciling, unifying, making things right, right? These are all expressions yes. of the eternal purpose of God mm-hmm. in and through the church. Um, and so we are the gathering and scattering community, right? We gather together and we refuel, we mm-hmm. refresh, we remind ourselves of our rescue and our identity, but mm-hmm. then we have to scatter, right? Then we give it away. We go on mission. Yeah. We proclaim the rescue to the captives. Yes. Um, and so that's who we are as the church. And so when we say things like we're a missional church, it's kind of like 
saying that I'm drinking wet water. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. it, it almost doesn't make sense. Like, of right. course the church is course. missional. But this is who <laughs> we are. Uh, we're missional in our very being. Right. Uh, so just being the church is like a missional announcement, right? It's saying mm-hmm. Jesus changed everything. Yes. He's the true king. Uh, yes. and we're putting our hope in him. And I like that because it, it emphasizes, like when you call us a gathering and scattering community, it's not saying that the scattering is more important than the gathering or that the gathering is more important than the scattering. Yeah, yeah. It's both. Uh, it's not that I only gather because I can, uh, so that I can go out and, you know, bring God's love to the community. And it's not only that I share the gospel so that the gathering gets bigger, you know, it's mm-hmm. for both of them. They're both equally important. Uh, and both are you being part of a church. It's not just Sunday mornings where you're part of the church. It's yes. also when you're going out to your job and, and being a light that you're continuing to be the church. Amen. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really good. Okay, so what's the, the second point here? The, the second point is that the church is the new creation community uh, that offers a new way of being human. Okay, so Ooh. we're the new creation community. Mm-hmm. So throughout the New Testament, you know, we learn that Jesus has inaugurated a kingdom, right? So Jesus shows up and he's saying the kingdom has come, has come near, right? Repent, yeah. believe the gospel. Um, at, at the cross, uh, the kingdom is ushered in, right? He defeat. It's a defeat. There's a certain level of victory at the cross, even though it doesn't look like a victory. Yeah. Uh, it's a victory over death and sin. So, so Jesus is bringing in this new kingdom, and mm-hmm. and therefore Paul says in Second Corinthians five, there is a new creation, right? He kind of makes yeah. that declaration, and so he says, you are ministers of reconciliation because God's already reconciled us mm-hmm. to Him, right? And so yeah. there's a new creation. Um, but we're also still in process of seeing that new creation come yeah. to completion, right? Mo- yes. Many of us, especially if we're maybe, um, you know, glass half empty people, um, then we're thinking, oh, there's a new creation. Okay, well, let me tell you about all the reasons that's not true yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. we see brokenness, right? right? We see right. things not as the way they should be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, the Bible doesn't ignore that. Uh, it's actually very clear about that. And in Romans 8, you know, you have this glorious chapter uh, that's mm-hmm. talking about new creation and what's coming and how, how the coming glory is, is bigger and better than all the suffering put together in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also very clear that we're still in process yeah. and that actually all of creation is crying out, right. waiting for redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the church then, we are the new creation community. So we're yeah. kind of living at this overlap place where it's it's now, but it's not yet, right? We say this around our church, it's now and not yet. So the kingdom of God is now because we see Jesus and mm-hmm. through Jesus, it's the revelation of God and we see miracles happen and people get saved. And so it's now, but it's also not yet Yes, uh, because yeah. there's a fullness that we're longing for. And so the church then is like a prophetic sign mm-hmm. of the now and the not yet. We get to live in that tension, that place of overlap, um, and to allow our identity and our very existence be pointing to this reality of yeah. new creation. Yes. Um, and, and so that's a really, a really cool place to be and a really important part of our identity as the church. Yes. And man, I, I, the other kind of metaphor that kind of comes to mind is, uh, f- about the church is the one from, uh, first Peter, uh, where it talks about, Jesus being the cornerstone and us being like living stones that mm-hmm. uh, are built around that and kind of become the house of God, the the spiritual house of God, uh, and comparing that to like the Old Testament temple where people that's 
where people came to Come experience on. God and and create or uh, experience that that holiest encounter with God, yeah. uh, and that's who we are today as well. We are like a uh, an embassy of new creation here on earth. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the the temple right in, in in the Old Testament was the place where where God and humanity encounter one another, right? Mm-hmm. Where heaven and earth touch. And, and so now in Christ, we are a temple. Yeah. And, and again, in our individualism, we sometimes interpret that as it's me, like I am a temple and that's true, yeah. but it's also, we are a temple, right? right? Built together. And, mm-hmm. and if we, if we want to just be a temple by ourselves, then we're missing out on that. Mm-hmm. We're missing out on the coming together, um, as living stones. So that's, that's a great point. Yeah. And it's, it's not like we, uh, that really combats. I mean, we talk about just the gospel and and living into the gospel, um, the kind of like twenty first century view that we're like just in a waiting room and and now we're saved and then afterwards we'll go and uh, be in heaven yeah. and it'll you know every we're just here biding our time until then. Uh, and it's just, I mean, that's just that's not true of the church either. Like the church isn't just where we come and like yeah. Uh, you know, talk about our struggles and just everyone looks forward to the, uh, to heaven together. And we encourage each other, Hey, keep going one day, you're going to die and then things will be better. Uh, It's, it's also that we're here together being a a new creation community, a little bit of heaven here on earth uh, and holding that up for everyone else. It's so, so, so cool. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's, that's good. That is good news, right? That's better news than life is just a big waiting room, you know, for heaven someday. Yeah, um, or that church is uh, just a place for you to listen to a guy talk. Yeah, uh, on yeah. stage and to tell you how to be a better person, right. you know, and just yeah, this this is better news to, yes, to me. That's um, so true. Okay, well let's let's talk about uh, the last two points are really just two metaphors that Scripture uses to talk about the church. Um, so the first one, the first one, or the point three is this: uh, the church is the body of Christ, mm-hmm. which is animated by the head, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is honestly one of the coolest metaphors, I think, in all of Scripture. Yeah. It, it's incredibly profound, and I think there's layers that sometimes we don't even get into mm-hmm. about it. So you can read 1 Corinthians 12 to get a little bit more of this, but here's some, some highlights in that, in that chapter um, that Paul says. So verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Okay, so he's painting this picture of a body that it, you can accurately say is one. It's one body, yeah. and yet there are many members. I mean, mm-hmm. think about, and we usually talk about like body parts, like hands and, and eyes and stuff, but even think about the systems of your body. Yeah. Like there are a lot of complexities to a body. There are so many parts of the body, and yet it's one. And, yeah. and that's kind of the picture that we're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on in verse 17, he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, then where would the sense of smell be? Mm-hmm. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's encouraging because we don't all have to be the same. Yeah. Uh, in fact, yeah. it would be horrifying if we were, right? Imagine <laughs> imagine a body that's just all ears. Yikes. I, uh, that's, yeah. that's scary. That's yeah. like... Uh, that's a that's a nightmare. Yes. Okay. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in the same way, we are we are who we were supposed to be, and God made us to be that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we have a part to play in the body. 
And then even in verse 26, he says this, if one member suffers, all suffer together with it. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. This is maybe where we're not so good at the body metaphor. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. we, again, we want to be our own person. And so we think, well, I'm going to try and get ahead. I'm going to be the best that I can be. I'm going to be, you know, a great co- contribution to this body. Yeah. Uh, and so and so, maybe a little, maybe not so much. Right? We start to play the comparison game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the body metaphor is, is, is really about unity in diversity, right? Unity in differentiation Yeah, that we are not the same and yet we suffer together and we are honored together. We rejoice together. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's who we are as the church. Uh, but then the great news is that in Ephesians, it says that Jesus is the head of the body. Um, so yeah. if you think about an actual body, right, it's the brain that operates all of this. It's mm-hmm. my brain that's telling my body to work together. Yeah. Um, and so none of us are the brain. None of us are the head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd like to think we are, uh, yeah. or maybe like some really hotshot pastor is, exactly. you know, but, yeah, yeah. but no, it's Jesus. He's the one that animates us as the church. And so when we're connected to him, we're really connected to each other. Yeah. Um, and so this is such a good metaphor because it's really, really easy to judge the wider church, right? Yeah. Other denominations, they're wrong, right? right. The way they worship wrong, <laughs> the way they interpret scripture wrong. Right. Yeah. But that's really that. That's actually what Paul's resisting mm-hmm. when he's saying this. Um, he's saying we don't want a full body of the same part, right? That's mm-hmm. that's not what we're going for. Yeah, we're going for submission to Jesus and playing our part, using our gifts to work together to continue this rescue plan forward. Yeah. Um, and and it's also really easy to rank the members of the body, but Paul actually even notes that. It's the body parts that we consider lesser or hidden that are actually some of the most important ones. Yeah. Uh, right. We don't tend to glorify the colon, but imagine <laughs> not having one. Yeah. Right. That's not good. Yeah. yeah. That's not yeah. good. Yeah. You're uh, in some trouble. Yeah. And, and the, the body parts that we think we have to be really modest about those. Those are actually very important for our body systems to work. And so yeah. Paul is actually using this metaphor in a really deep way to get at this idea that the church, we are one and yet we all have a different part to play. Yes. Uh, that's and so that's cool. really good news because the church is so much bigger than your just one individual local church. Yes. Uh, we're part of something bigger, mm-hmm. right? We're part of a global church yeah. that is praising Jesus 24 seven. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. This was, this ties into something we were, we just had a whole discussion about uh, spiritual gifts, but um, I just think like, how important it is, like you're saying, for you to be your body part. Like, imagine if you imagine thinking like, "Oh, I'm I'm just the the ear of Jesus. Oh, I'm just the eye of Jesus." Yeah, you know, that means you're a a part of Jesus's body. That's something yeah. to rejoice over. Come on. Uh, but imagine just thinking like, "Yeah, you know, I only I only serve like Jesus." You know, like that's crazy. <laughs> uh, that's a huge honor to be to say that you're part of Jesus's body, uh, and it's an insult to him to like wish you were something else besides what he said. So. Um, and also you just think of like we are we are we carry out Jesus's ministry after he's gone where his body the same body that he lived in as healing and teaching Amen. and blessing uh we just continue to be that here on earth where his body uh, yeah that's good that's cool that's really good okay yeah. the last metaphor i want to look at is uh the church is the bride of christ who is preparing for the wedding feast and who Jesus will never forsake. Yeah. Okay. So there's this picture at the end in Revelation of a wedding feast. Mm-hmm. And it says that that Jesus and his church 
are going to come together, right? Marriage itself actually is a picture of this. The reason we have marriage is to be a picture of the love of Jesus for his people. Um, And so, you know, when we consider the church to be optional, uh, an add-on, or even criticize the church, you know, I think we have to remember that we're talking about Jesus's bride. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. and that means something, especially for those of you who are in relationships. Um, it, it it almost hurts more than if you just were talking about me, right? Right, and I think we have to we have to think about that. Of we yeah. are talking about Jesus's bride, and and Jesus is going to be faithful no matter what. Yeah, Jesus is going to be faithful whether or not we are. And yeah. so I'm not saying that we don't call out sin. I'm not saying that we don't offer corrections, right? There is a gr- there is an important aspect of we need to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, you know, however many stories of abuse in different institutions and churches. Mm-hmm. Um, we do need to call that out. Um, and yet we have to remember that it's still Jesus' bride and he will be faithful mm-hmm. even when we mess up. Even when there is that scandal, that abuse, right? right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in that we say, Lord, let the truth come, right? Let the light come. Like, let's get everything out into the light and then let's keep running after Jesus. Yeah. And let's let Jesus do the redeeming that he will do, right? So Jesus doesn't just give up on churches. Um, he wants yeah. to remake them. He wants to redeem them to be the bride that they're meant to be. Yes. Um, and so we have to make sure that God's the one inspiring these words when we really criticize the church. Yeah. And, and far too often we're actually criticizing so that we can, we feel that we got, we got a leg up yeah. uh, or, or we discredit so-and-so so that maybe our church gets more attention yeah. uh, or, or so that people are going to follow us and not the cool, you know, podcast that they listen to every single week. Right. right. Yeah. Um, we have to be careful with that because mm-hmm. um, it's an honor to be part of Jesus's bride. Um, and I, I, when I think about this metaphor, I think about it a few years ago, someone asked me this question, when did you first discover the beauty of the bride? Mm. And I think that's such a profound question. You know, there's something, there's something about the moment when a bride walks into the wedding, right. And she, she walks down that aisle. And and I know for me, I was crying like a baby, right. When, when Christina walked down the aisle and, uh, there's Mm -hmm. something about that moment. And so when was that moment with the church? you really like, ah, oh, I can see it now. Yeah. I can see how beautiful this is. Does it mean that we are perfect? No, not right. at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but we're beautiful mm-hmm. because God makes us beautiful. Right. And that is, that's something that I think we need to discover afresh about the church. Yes. Uh, and I, th- you talk about like us, us criticizing the bride. And I, I've heard people talk about like, imagine, a, imagine that wedding, that moment where the groom locks eyes with the bride as she comes up, but you're in the crowd, like talking about the bride's dress, like, Oh, you know, I wouldn't have chosen that dress or, yeah, wow. uh, or her makeup or wow. something. And the groom is just locked in, um, totally in adoration of the bride. And I, I also think like, uh, you know, this cause you're married. I know this cause I'm about to get married is like to the groom, the bride's faults aren't hidden, you know, like, yeah, totally. like the groom, the groom knows those faults, probably better than anyone else. Sure. You know? yeah, yeah. So like when we see faults in the church, like Jesus isn't blind to the faults. Totally. You know? He yes. sees them, uh, but it's still that, that he adores it, you know, like, yeah. so what if we had that same view of the church that Jesus had where That's we good, see Jordan. the faults uh, and we, we don't, you know, shield ourselves from them or we don't deny them. Uh, but we're like, wow, even in our brokenness, uh, even though we are not all the way to new creation yet, Jesus still loves us yeah. uh, enough to give himself 
over and over again for us. Yeah. Amen. And, and I think it's too an invitation to wake up to our own faults, right? Like, so we love to, to point at other churches and yet what are the faults in, in, in this expression of the bride? Right. Right. And and how can we own up to that? How can Mm -hmm. we get it into the light? How can we, how can we um, participate in Jesus's uh, redemption? Um, And as Jesus would say, uh, acknowledge the log in our own eye rather than the speck in, in someone else's. Right. So important. Um, and so when we, when we open up about those faults, uh, there's actually deeper relationship on the other side of that. Yeah. Right. Just like in a marriage and a relationship, when you go through conflicts or you have to forgive each other, um, there's deeper, better relationship on the other side of that. Yeah. Uh, and so you and I, we're, we're called to be a part of that we're, because we're the bride. And yes. so we, we need to be, open about our faults because we know that Jesus will be faithful to redeem us. Yes, man. So, so, so important and so honoring. I mean, like if there's nothing else, just understand that it's like, it's an honor to be part of church, not labor to, uh, Amen. to wake up <laughs> early on Sunday. It's so much more than that. Um, okay. Before you leave, Gordon, I wanted just to, uh, get, get your thoughts and your explanation of something that has come up quite a few times in this conversation already, uh, where we keep talking about new creation, we keep pointing towards uh, new creation, this this creation that is to come yeah. uh, at the return of Jesus. And, you know, this is uh, potentially something that a lot of people listening aren't familiar with. You know, they think of, like, the thing we're hoping for as just heaven, the place we go uh, when we die or whatever, which is definitely worthy of looking forward to. Uh, but we're talking about new creation. So would you uh, just kind of explain what you mean by that and also explain just what the church's role is uh, in bringing that, uh, bringing that about. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I I think it's really under, uh, important to understand, uh, the vision of new creation when we talk about the church. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, you know, like you've mentioned, we, we kind of have to unlearn something. We have to unlearn the kind of cultural popular picture of heaven, um, and broaden our gospel message so that it's not just, you know, going to heaven when you die, mm-hmm. right? That's a very small view of the gospel um, that leads to a small view of the church. Yeah. Um, and so if that's our message, then our view of the church suffers. Uh, we're part of a small story and a small rescue plan. Wow. Um, and and so, but, but if, our, if our message is that God is actually launching a new creation, um, then that's something different. Okay, so when I talk about new creation, what I'm talking about is, that God's not giving up on his creation. Mm-hmm. So he's not just scrapping creation so that we can get to a very spiritual float spirits floating around in the clouds type of heaven. Yeah. Um, no, like God, God wants to remake all of creation. So mm-hmm. humanity and nature and every single part of it mm-hmm. so that it is, as Habakkuk says, it's, it's like, uh, when the waters will cover the sea, that will be God's presence in, in the world. Mm. Um, water covering sea. What does that mean? Cause the sea is water. Well, it, it's talking about like permeation, mm. um, that like there's no part of the sea that's not covered in water because that's what yeah. it is. Right. And, and so God's glory, the knowledge of God's glory is going to be covering the earth and complete permeation. He's talking about new creation mm. that God's going to remake this. He's going to purify everything in heaven and earth are actually going to become one. Yeah. That's really the vision that we have uh, for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a complete redemption. It's completely one. It's unity of God and humanity, heaven and earth. Um, and that's a really, really good message. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we're going to spend all of eternity enjoying 
God's good creation the way it was meant to be, right? Yeah. The way that the, the fullness, I mean, you can imagine the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in the world. Uh, that is in our current world of brokenness. So how much yeah. better is it going to be when God completely remakes it? Yeah, come on. Um, and so the church then is kind of a signpost people. That's one way we say it. Uh, we're a signpost people because we are pointing towards the future, right? We're mm-hmm. living the future now. So we're taking what's going to be uh, love, you know, love, forgiveness, peace. We're going to take those things that are in the future and we're going to actually live them out now, even in the midst of a broken world so that we can point the way to the kingdom of God and new creation. Um, this is what we're pointing to. This is the task of the church. Uh, we are a new creation people who are making things right and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And one way that we say it around here that Jamie has made semi famous, uh, is that if we would do this, if we would be the church, then we would be a multi-ethnic, epicenter, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting, <laughs> Father's love-receiving, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit-empowered church. Come on. And so that's that's what we're after. Yes. That's, that's who we want to be. Yes, and that's so cool. I just think of us, we're just a people, you know, new, new creation is that way, we're heading that way, hey, you come with us. Come on. We're yeah. going that way. Uh, you're going to want to see this. You want to be a part of this. Yeah. Come with us. So, so cool. That's uh, good. Grain, just thank you. Thank you once again, uh, just for kind of making these things clear, make, just really helping us feel the importance of these things that we take for granted. Because um, this is truly just a turning point in the way that you live out the gospel is when you see that we're not individuals uh, sitting at a desk trying to like on our own strength become a great disciple, but that yeah. uh, we are uh, a, a a single body uh, encouraging one another and pulling each other into new creation. Amen. Um, Man, this was so good. Uh, we actually uh, will have one more conversation with you, Graydon, talking about uh, this, some more theology and stuff like that, uh, and one that we're really excited about. And uh, all these have been great, so we just want to thank you. Can't thank you enough for uh, the way that you've used your gift to, to bless us uh, as a college ministry. Uh, that is all that we have for this episode. But uh, if you've been blessed by these uh, theology talks, or if you have questions, really, we want to make sure that you are sending those in and getting those answered. So you can send those uh, to me. You can email me your questions at jordan at antiochfortworth.com. We would love to answer those. Um as as, I, I want someone to ask Jordan the hardest question that they can come up with. Yes, ask me, and then I'm going to Google it, and then I'm going to respond to you, and you're going to think I'm a genius, and it's going to be, <laughs> I, I need that in my life. Uh, okay, cool. Thank you, guys. Uh, be sure to come back next week for more content to encourage you in your faiths. But until then, this has been the AFW College Podcast. See you next time.